Hello, everybody. This is Chris Rickson, reporter for the Bell Ringer and the Augusta Press. And today, we have another epi- episode of the Sports Squad from Augusta University's Department of Communication, Bell Ringer Phoenix Media, and the Augusta Press. Today, the Sports Squad will discuss the Jaguar volleyball team, the cross-country teams, and other topics. The squad today includes Madison Kiel, photography editor for the Bell Ringer, Joshua Picklesheimer, a communications major at AU, and Alexis Diaz-Infante, who is a senior English major and a standout on the AU volleyball team. Welcome, everyone. Hi. It's great to be here. Yeah, so we're gonna excited. we're gonna lead off with the volleyball team. They're currently nine and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, they begin conference play, I believe, tonight. Yeah, beginning conference play at at home against uh, Georgia College. Yeah. Um, got a lot of new players this yeah, year. Yeah, we do. Yeah, lot, we have a lot of new girls. A lot of yeah. new players <laughs> lost. You know, lost a few players yeah. in the off season, mm-hmm. which we talked about last podcast yeah. a little bit. Kind of, you know, I didn't know really know what to expect, but you you got some new players. Uh, Jasmine Willer. Yeah. Uh, currently fourth in the Peach Belt Conference in kills. Uh, Madeline uh, Eden. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, Madeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, six in the conference in blocks. And, you know, like I said, obviously, you know, new players. Uh, you know, how, Alexis, how big of an impact have they had on the season overall? Um, I mean, huge. You know, you come from a spring season where there's only six of us and we're trying to practice at, for volleyball. You have to have six people on the court to do much of anything. So we were kind of going back and forth and we were doing a lot. So having these new girls come in and make such an impact is amazing. I'm super proud of all of them because it's really scary to come in as a freshman or a transfer and to be put on a new team and try to figure out how to mesh together and how to make things work. So beyond proud of what they've done and super awesome to be a teammate to them and watch them be successful yeah and obviously you know you became kind of the leader of this team you know this year you were a leader in past years too but you had you know chloe allen and mm-hmm. uh i'm blanking on the name the other girl uh, uh kylie kylie yeah, yes, kylie, kylie Martin, yeah. uh leading the leading the team you know what yeah. what's it like to you know take that role this year um i'm very grateful for the opportunity super amazing to even have it in the first place you know I have some awesome seniors by my side like Kira Barr and Samantha as well and having them you know support we support each other because we are some of the oldest girls on the team and taking forth that leadership skill um, and being able to be mentors and teachers and friends obviously to the girls on the team um, is amazing I love it you know I was uh, I was a leader at my JUCO so it's familiar but it's always a little bit scary when you take on a leadership role um, but it's nothing new. They're still my teammates. We still work together. So, gotcha, gotcha. And you know, recently you guys played in uh, Flagler, mm-hmm. oh, in Saint Augustine, where yeah. the Jaguars uh, split, I believe, winning yeah. three to two on Friday, and uh, losing three to one yeah. in the match on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your thoughts on your guys' performance in Saint Augustine? Um, I think a split is better than nothing. But obviously, it's not what we want. We want to go to no. Um, I think Saturday we really kind of showed what we were made of. I think it takes a lot of grit and resiliency to go five sets with anybody. Um, mm-hmm. But Flagler is a very formidable opponent in general. So I loved how we all played with a lot of tenacity. And again, I'll just use the word grit because I feel like it kind of defines our season fairly well. I thought we worked really well together and we just really didn't give up. If you watch a lot of our plays, it was a lot of a lot long rallies. You know, you're waiting and you're trying to put balls away. So I think we really came together on Saturday and got the job done. And I think on Friday we just struggled to execute, you know. You're there for two days, you just played a five-set match, and you kind of have to get into a new mindset of we are going to win. I think we just kind of struggled with a bit of communication and finding that same level of execution that we did on Friday. 
Gotcha, gotcha. And, you know, you guys get better as the season goes yeah. on. Watching last year, you know, I, you saw that definitely. Uh, you know, and you guys are looking for, I believe, your fifth straight, or is it fourth or fifth straight Peach Belt Conference title? I want to say it'll be our fifth one because I think straight. we have four right now. Yeah. 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 You know, what, what's it going to take, you know, to win that and possibly go even further? Um, That's a really good question. I think it takes a lot of um, passion for what you do, obviously. If you don't love it, then it's not really going to work out in the end for you. And I think we all love being there and working hard. I think it's going to take each and every single one of us. You know, there's 14 of us on a team on the team for a reason, and there's six people on the court for a reason because it's not a solo job. I think that's one of the greatest parts about volleyball, too, is you have other girls that are there with you doing it. To win another Peach Bowl Conference championship we need to have the same level of urgency that we've had every single year but i would even say more so when you have four a lot of people are like gunning for your neck right you got to kind of target on your back so nobody's going to give it to us and i don't expect anyone to give it to us i want to have a fight every single time we play so i think it's a sense of urgency um resiliency and working together and we want to go win a national championship and want to go back to the elite eight and be back there and fighting for another one so Gotcha. And, you, you know, like I mentioned, you guys play tonight. Is mm-hmm. it at 6 against Georgia yeah, College six, at, home, at home? Yeah, 6 p.m. Christenberry Fieldhouse against Georgia yeah, College. Yeah, and then you play uh, USC Aiken. This, Twice this weekend. This yeah. weekend, mm-hmm. you know, where it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about that as far as, uh, you know, wh- wh- what's it going to take to win to, tonight? And, uh, tonight you know, and this weekend? Yeah. yeah. So tonight, again, it takes a lot of focus in general. We try to pay attention to what's open on the court and what we can do better. I think it's going to just take um, a lot of teamwork as per usual. I know I feel like I say a lot of these words, but it's just kind of consistency. That really, I think, is the key to continuously winning game after game. This weekend, um, you know, playing two games in a row, regardless of how long they go, is always a bit tiring. Tough team, too. Yeah, tough team. Aiken's really good. You know, we're, we're, I think the Peach Belt Conference is a very competitive conference in general. You know, every team you're going to play, they're going to give you a fight for it. So um, this weekend, I think it's going to take the same amount of focus that we bring to every other game, as well as just kind of step on the pedal and get the job done. You know, a sense of urgency is always important when you're playing, I think, any sport, and especially in volleyball. You know, finding what's open on the court if you're a hitter, listening to your teammates, listening for what's open, you know, really working together as a team to take these two games and get the W on both of them. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we're going to move – let's move on to uh, cross country. Obviously, we had a dominant opening meet for the cross country, both men and women. Uh, Madison, could you speak on that a little bit as far as, you know, their performance there? Yeah, so our our first meet was our home meet that we do every year um, against other Division II teams in the area. Uh, That was over at Red Cliff Plantation. Uh, It was kind of, it was the men's team won as a team, but they also won as individuals. Um, We had quite a few in the top eight, which is kind of what they recognized um, and were awarded. And then our, our women's team also won as a team and had quite a few uh, individuals in that top eight as well. Yeah, we had freshman Trip Miller who took home the uh, top home top spot for the men in the first meet in the dominant race, and uh, uh, eight guys in the top mm-hmm. ten. Also, Riley Triplett won the race for the women in the uh, first meet, and then six women in the top ten. So obviously a good performance there. Um, new additions helping the team out a lot. Um, as far as the meet last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, the Virginia Tech Alumni Invitational. Facing a lot against Division One teams, uh, talk a little bit about as far as you know. Out of you know, they had 
Jaguars finished fifth for the men as out of nine teams uh, for Division One. Could you speak a little bit about their performance there? Yeah, so Augusta University was the only Division Two team there. Um, there were three men who finished in that top 50 out of 120 runners, which is a pretty big feat, especially for a Division Two team being uh, up against exclusively Division One athletics. And then our women's also had um, three runners uh, finish pretty high up there. You know, we have Cassie Lagan, who's our uh, foreign exchange student from Ireland, and her and Riley Triplett are kind of this, like, force to be reckoned with this year where um, Riley's our new transfer from Emmanuel. And they kind of have this dynamic going where you can see them running, and they're almost just always right next to each other uh, pulling up for the front. Gotcha, gotcha. And, you know, out of 120 runners, we had five Augusta runners finish in the top 50 for the men. Patrick Most finishing 20th. Uh, Hans Troyer finishing 21st. Andrew Todd finishing 37th. Avery Janes finishing 42nd. And Thomas Richard finishing 40, uh, 47th. And Patrick Motes won the uh, Peach Belt Conference Runner of the Week. So very good freshman from last year that performed really well, who's, you know, becoming one of the top runners this year. And the women finished eighth. Cassie Lagan read the run- runners, finishing 54th. Uh, Riley Trippett finished 61st. And their next uh, one is Royals Invitational, October 7th in Sh- Charlotte. Um, yeah, so that's basically what we have on the cross country as for now. Let's move on to uh, men's men and women's golf. Men opened up in Wisconsin at the Badger Invitational, where they finished 14th. Uh, William C. Berg von Lind, sorry if I'm pronouncing the ring, uh, name wrong, I apologize, finishing 15th for the Jaguars, shooting 72 day one and 69 on day two. A lot of new players for the men's golf. Like I said, they lost uh, some players in the offseason, transferring to different schools. Uh, newcomer Ian Pinar finishes college debut for a tie for 34th after shooting a uh, shooting a low a team low round of 71 during the first day of the tournament. Uh, Jack uh, Vidija finished. He uh, was individual. He did not play with the team, but he individual finished tied for 22nd for the ter- uh, tournament. Um, and Hampus Wickestrom shot 73 and uh, 75 for on the 36 hole tournament, tied for 53rd. Dawson Booth tied for 68th, shooting a 78 and 73. Ben Hines tied for 72nd, finishing. Uh, shooting 77 and 75 on the 36-hole uh, tournament. And their next tournament will be in Chicago, September 27th and 28th. And then we had the women's golf. The women's golf are playing right now, and they're currently in 14th at the Mercedes-Benz Intercollegiate at 44 over par in Knoxville. Uh, freshman Daniel Burgos Ortega leads the Jaguars. 31st, shooting a 73 and 72 on in day one. Uh, Chiara Sola, 63rd, uh, 63rd as of now. So, do you know her shots right now? Do you, do you have it right now? Sorry, uh, not on me currently. Okay, I'll you're look good. It up for you. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have it right now. Uh, Kennedy Carroll, obviously freshman comer last year, played really well. Uh, 65th, uh, Napaka. Uh, I can't pronounce her name. Napak Boonin. 73rd, Petra Duran, 77th. Obviously, this team coming off from losing Chloe Holder, who's at Clemson now, one of the top freshmen last year, but still a very good team. But they're currently 14th as of now 
in Knoxville, and their next tournament will be September 23rd and 25th, I believe this weekend, in Greenville, South Carolina, at the Lady Pollenden uh, Invitational. Moving on, we're going to prep football, which I covered this weekend. I got to cover eight-man football for the first time uh, this weekend where Westminster defeated Holy Spirit 41-20. to We also had some other good games in the county. Harlem defeating Aquinas, very uh, one of the top games this weekend. Uh, Harlem defeating them 27-20. to Running back Jonathan Williams for uh, Harlem, who's had three touchdowns uh, the last few games, who's a senior who's very you know highly recruited as of now. Burke County. One of the top teams, uh, as of now, Burke County is one of the top teams. Thompson is a close second. Thompson played Laney, uh, which ended early due to the shooting. Um, I didn't see a makeup for that game as of now, unless I'm incorrect. Um, it did end early. It was a close game in the third quarter. I believe it was a two-point game, Laney and uh, Thompson, two- or three-point game. Uh, very, very good teams. Like I said, Thompson, Laney's probably the top team. As of now in Richmond County, Thompson, you know, close second to Burke County as one of the top teams around here. And then you got uh, Grovetown. Grovetown and Evans play this Friday night uh, at Grovetown. Chad Cook will be covering that game for the Augusta Press for us. And I will be covering uh, Lincoln County and ARC uh, this Friday night. Uh, ARC, I believe, is 3-1 and one as of now. So, uh but moving on, we're going to move on to the Georgia Bulldogs and college football. Talk a little about some football. Uh, we got Joshua here with us, who's uh, a fan for college football. Georgia, obviously one of the top teams right now, dominate. Probably It's probably Georgia and everybody else right, mm, right now. It's, you know, could it's, you? it's Georgia, one. <laughs> Take a dip, Alabama. Another dip, Ohio State. And then it's the rest of the field. It's just... Georgia right now is on another level, and I don't I don't see anybody competing with them, which I did not think was going to happen at the beginning of this season. Gotcha. And, you know, obviously you had Georgia dominate Oregon opening game, dominate South Carolina, and then Oregon comes out and kind of dominates one of the top teams in BYU. Uh, you know, any 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 thoughts? You know, they're they're just dominating everyone, even even other teams that you know having competition. Do you see Do you see Georgia even possibly losing a game this season? I mean. If I'm being honest, the true fan in me wants to say yes, I I want to see it, but like the just the obvious is no. Like you'd think a team that lost eight starters to the NFL draft, like eight guys to the NFL draft, would like just totally just stink, kind of like the LSU team did when they lost when they won the championship in 2019, and then like right into the 2020 2021 season, they were awful. Now they're better, but Georgia has this next up mentality of like okay we're not going to rebuild we're going to retool and we're going to go for it again so kirby smart and his staff is just insanely gifted and talented with recruiting and then getting these guys to not only come in with a, a high touted like rating but to then perform to that touted rating to understand what it means to be a georgia bulldog and they're not going to take second place in the sec or second place in the ncaa as as a good season they want they want to go back to back yeah and stinson bennett i mean really has performed well uh i got to speak with uh buck blue 1980 uh, 1980 national champion quarterback a few weeks ago and was talking about how you know stinson bennett was you know he, he's improved a lot and it's going to be one of the top quarterbacks i didn't see it coming into this season i really Me didn't either. but the dude's probably a heisman contender right now you know talk about him a little bit uh you know coming into the season like obviously i understood like why 
Stetson Bennett was going to get the starting position just because like you know it's a senior season you know he he took his team to the national championship and they won the game so he at least earned the right to be a starter again but I was like just give it a couple weeks he'll probably like you know be out of there and they'll put the backup in which I think uh, he looked even amazing versus uh, (laughs) South Carolina like it's just it just shows you how much depth this team has but uh talking about Stetson Bennett compared to last year he it just seems like he has a new fire on his arm for some reason. Like, I don't know, like his gun that he has now is just insane. The, it's a tight spiral. And these wide receivers that he's throwing to, I mean, it, it's not like it's hard for him to get them the ball. These these guys are talented. You throw it up, and they're going to come down with it. Same with his tight ends. I mean, their, their tight end room is like the deepest in college football, like mm-hmm. ever probably. I mean, you have grown men that are 19, 18 <laughs> years old in that room. And I'm, I'm sitting yeah. here 21, and I'm like, what? It's just <laughs> – but I, Stetson Bennett right now, like I don't want to say that he is the Heisman favorite but because I'm not a Georgia fan in, in the slightest. But as a college football fan, I, I don't understand how you could not put him in, him in as the number one. It's just – and he's not even playing full games, right? He's blowing teams out, and then he's just – he's out by the third quarter. Yeah, and it's like he's, a quarter, a half, and then mm-hmm. you put in – second string quarterback third string offensive line it's they go on the line kind of everyone gets to play which is even better in the long run because it's kind of just these games look like practice to them yeah and we also you know georgia plays kent state this weekend 12 p.m hopefully i would i would hope it's going to be another win for georgia <laughs> let's hope so uh florida and tennessee play this saturday gonna probably going to be one of the top games i believe that's mm-hmm. a 330 game i think it's college game day too if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah they are in tennessee talk a little about you know Tennessee's one of the you know up up teams. Do you expect Florida you know to compete, be able to compete with them after Florida's coming off a loss against Kentucky and a close game against South Florida? Um, I I don't see Florida beating Tennessee mainly because Tennessee's not necessarily a defensively sound team. They're more so of like a team where I'm just going to score more points than you. You can try to stop us. We're just going to score more points than you. No matter how many points you score, we're going to make sure at the end of the day our our scoreboard number is bigger than yours uh Tennessee's offense is like it's air raid they've got Cedric Tillman wide receiver they got Hannah Hooker as their quarterback who's come out of nowhere from last season to this season who's uh, also in Heisman contention right now in conversation and Florida's getting a little iffy right now especially like off a game where like they surprisingly won versus Utah like it's like they should they shouldn't have won but they did and then Kentucky where they should have won and they didn't it's just a lot of ups and downs with them right now like Anthony Richardson like which Anthony Richardson are you going to get in this game are you going to get the guy who played versus Utah where you're going to be able to run the ball throw the ball over the field or you're going to get the guy versus Kentucky where he just looks like a totally different quarterback and then even in this past week I mean sure they won but it, it was just a little rocky like I mean he came through in the end like they like Florida won but it's just like one of those games where you're just like I don't see it really happening for Florida beating Tennessee and I would not be surprised if Tennessee finished second in the SEC East and gave at least Georgia somewhat of a run for their money when they when they match up later mm-hmm. yeah and you got one of, one of your teams you talked about Kentucky Georgia will have to play here shortly do you see that being the biggest competition for Georgia as far as you know Kentucky they got uh New uh, the new up and star quarterback who's one of the top quarterbacks this year. Uh, speak on them a little bit. Uh, well, Kentucky, I think, is definitely going to give them a run for their money. Mark Stoops has like really built that program up in Kentucky. Uh, from I mean, he's one of the longest tenured coaches in the SEC currently, behind like Saban. I mean, he's been there almost ten years now, and he just passed Bear Bryant for the all-time winningest record in Kentucky history. Uh, I think that 
Kentucky will give them a decent game. It depends on because I think they play towards the end of the season in November at Kroger Field, if I'm not mistaken. It's their second to last regular second season. to last regular mm-hmm. season game before I think Kentucky plays Louisville and Georgia plays Tech. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's one of those games where it's it's good scheduling where like Kentucky's supposed to be the number two. So like if Georgia's one and they're two, it's going to be like the decider. But I mean, Will Levis he going into the season he's like touted as like a a first round draft pick because he's an nfl quarterback he has a good arm he's strong he can sit in the pocket and throw the ball he's mobile he doesn't have to sit in the pocket and throw the ball if he needs to he can but he's also mobile he's also big so he can take nfl guys hitting him unlike a lot of the other quarterbacks like they're in the draft but i think kentucky needs to see a little bit more progression out of their freshman uh, wide receivers right now and their uh, transfer wide receiver uh, robinson from virginia tech they just need to see a lot of uh progression from those guys the 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 boost about kentucky is that they're finally getting their uh all sec running back back uh chris rodriguez from uh his dui incident that he had he's gonna actually get to play against Ole miss so we're gonna see what kentucky has to offer but i don't see them giving much of a competition to georgia it'll probably be like what it usually is where it'll be a close first half and then georgia's gonna wear them down and then but, I mean, we got to remember, Georgia, like, I know they gave up a touchdown on Saturday, but it was a garbage time touchdown in, like, the last, like, minute. So, in my book, Georgia still hasn't given up a touchdown offensively. So, they've just given up field goals. So, to this point, I, I mean, Kentucky might give them a run for the money, but I would not be surprised if they didn't. I mean, Kentucky's yeah. the highest-ranked team that they're set to play right now. Sitting at 8, the next closest would be Tennessee at 11, but everyone else is either... 20. Which we don't know. I mean, we really don't know how long they'll be ranked that high. They could lose a game. And I mean, heck, we have a tough game this week against Ole Miss. Yeah, so, I mean, and they're ranked, so that could it could change quickly. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Georgia wants us to be as highly ranked as possible mm-hmm. for their schedule, but yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The AP poll and the and the college football playoff committee are definitely going to understand this is the best team in the nation unless they have just some big old fall off, which I don't see happening. They're, I mean, it doesn't matter. They just got finished the season. They're going to be one. At, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The only thing that worries me as far as me personally as a Georgia fan <laughs> is uh, being so dominant early in the season, which they were last year, but getting too confident and somehow dropping a game to Alabama again in the SEC championship or in the national championship. That, that's one thing that still worries me. But, yeah, Alabama obviously one of the top teams finishing you know, or, or second right now. But we'll have to see once they play some more competition. You can't really talk about them too much right now. They had Texas, one close game. So, uh-huh. yeah, but we'll we'll have to see. Uh, like I said, Georgia plays Kent State uh, 12 p.m. Saturday. Florida plays Tennessee Saturday at 3.30. And that's going to end it. Uh, thank you for listening today. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. The Sports Squad is a production of Bellringer Phoenix Media. The producer is Ethan Balducci. The coordinated producer is Dr. David Bulla, and I'm Chris Rickerson, sitting in for Carlos Rodriguez. The opinions stated here are those of the individuals, not Augusta University. You can find us on Spotify at at aubellringer.com and on social media. Please send your comments to bellringerproduction at gmail.com.